With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Yes, yes, today, yes, yes, today, you know, as we start this show, this one might be. There is a pause. Throughout the stadium, as this man sounds like he just coughed up a lung. Just looking around, the jumbotron shows and pans the cheerleaders, and as it goes down each cheerleader's face, each one breaks up into laughter, which at this particular time destroys half the stadium. The other half is still trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Does this guy need? Uh, CPR or something, and then at that particular time, I lost it. Devon dropped. Yes, yes, yes. Today, Lord, one mic. Phoenix is another place. They got a great uh, training staff. I mean, they they were able to breathe life back into Shaq. And you can do that. You know, people talk a lot about their training staff. Lord, Yes, yes. Today. You know, as we start this show, this one mic. As I always say, yes, yes, today, as we start this show, this one mic. Welcome to RSG One Mic, the place where we drill deep down on a sports topic. Sometimes using experts from uh, uh, the sports industry or non-sports-related uh, folks from the non-sports world who, who know a topic, uh, or Tom, sometimes it's just us, and uh, tonight it's going to be us, plus another guest. You know, if you had a chance to listen to our, our previous podcast we just dropped here recently uh you know we have we have a, a new addition to the rc platform who join us tonight remember all hosts and callers are brought to you uh by patreon go to patreon to support underground artists and performers you can also support rsg on patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash rsg live that's www.patreon.com forward slash RSG Live. You can also find uh, uh, find all all our RSG stuff at uh, at, on, uh, at Real Sports Guys on Twitter, IG, and Facebook. Um, and you can also find Real Sports Guys on Apple or other podcast platforms. You know, we, uh, you know, we always open the mic up and kind of get hot a little bit here. Um, and you know, I, I got to start. You know, I got to go to my man in the pick and roll. You know, my man who he always finishes. You know, he's better than Carl Malone because he will he will get you a championship. My man Hank Davis, how you doing, Hank? I'm doing good, D. Good to uh, talk to you tonight. Happy fall 
to everybody. You know, it's funny. It gets around this time of the year, man. We went from 92 degrees one day down to 65 the next. I'll just let you know that fall is in the air. The leaves start to falling off the leaves. And, D, I don't care what they tell you. I'm innocent of all allegations. <laughs> man, it's been a hot day out there. I'm, I'm going to say this. There's some people who've been on TV today who go who who gonna have some gasoline draws on when they have to go see the makeup. So we go <laughs> we we we, we, we gonna leave it alone at that. We'll get to that at some point. But it was it's been a hot day in the world of news. Uh, you know we we don't. The one thing we will say is our 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 our, 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 our uh, Supreme Court nominee did say uh, he went to five star camp. We did talk about the fact he was started corner. And receiving, uh, did talk about working out in the summer, but wouldn't admit to all the other stuff that happened during that summer. So we we'll leave it at that. But somebody gonna have to. Well, one thing, involved. one thing, D, you got to say. You know, I like beer. I, I like beer. I like beer. I like beer. Oh, I like beer. Oh, and I like beer. <laughs> what what kind of drinks do you like? I was like, Man, I like beer. This is a this is a hot mess <laughs> over in these streets. What is the state of America? What is that? Mm. And so you know we're not afraid to dip, dip a toe in that. But uh, we got. I want to say before we get too started, get down that road. Uh, we got you know our intern. If you heard, if you listen to our recent uh, podcast, the Cipher, you heard that we have an intern who's joined us uh, who uh, came out shooting blazing uh, uh, on our recent podcast. You can check that out on our Real Sports Guys. Um, you can get it on Blog Talk Radio, and you can get it on iTunes. But this young man came in uh, on our recent podcast and just just blew out the water. We got a young man, Darnell. I'm calling him the intern, Kirkwood. How you doing, man? How's it going, dude? Doing good. How man, you doing welcome, good? welcome, welcome to one mic. We, I, I'm throwing you in both feet right now, huh? I'm getting you in the mix. Yes, this is good, man. It's fun. Hope we do it more. Are we gonna do it more? Are we gonna have you working behind the scenes? Couple of moving it and, 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 and getting it gone, but you know, uh, I want to get you on the air a little bit, particularly in this uh, this first segment because we, we will touch on uh, boxing, a couple of other topics. Our open mic, we just kind of freestyle. We got some topics here uh, that we want to talk about. A theme that we'll we'll be hitting a little bit is what's beef. You know, Snoop and them did a song what's beef. A whole bunch of people are on about what's beef, and we appear to have some beef in Minnesota. My goodness. My man Prince pass on, and then they just lose <laughs> their mind up in, up in Minneapolis. We got we got Butler, Wiggins, and Anthony Towns. We got what is what, what is going on up in up in up in Minnesota? We got possibility of, of uh, a triangle in terms of relationships. We got everybody asking out, and Tibbs is just trying to save the ship and save his job at the same time, and the owner undermining them at every turn. What is going on up in Minnesota? Hank, have you been watching this? I have. But, you know, before we get into that, you know, I got to give a, a real good welcome to our to our intern, Darnell. Okay? Yes. Uh, for those of y'all who don't know, you know, this, this, this touches my heart, D. We're going to get back into this, but this touches my heart having, I know. having Darnell on the, on the air with us today. You know, I coached this young man in uh, Little League Baseball. He, he wouldn't have told you that, you know, so – uh, this is one of, my, one of the first encounters I've had with him. And i got to tell you, D, he left an indelible mark on my memory with him being a young man in the Little League ballpark. You know, him and his son and my son <laughs> ended up winning a championship. 
but Darnell left an indelible mark, just indelible. I just wanted to let you know that, you know, try to teach him how to pitch and everything, just indelible. Had a fastball. So fast, he threw it right over the backstop. Indelible. But I digress. <laughs> Getting back to our show. Uh, oh, you know, when you start talking about love triangles and stuff, man, you know, it's it's amazing to me that this doesn't happen more often, okay? Especially with some of the cats that uh, the ladies that these brothers, you know, hang with. And then all of a sudden they want to come up. When you come and ask them about it, it's like, oh, it's all good. There's no beef. But now you're demanding trades and all this other kind of stuff. You know, it's a shame that, uh, you know, you got this going on. We we know of a situation, or we think there was a situation like that that happened in Cleveland when my LeBron James uh, had, had demanded a oh, trade, man. okay, that, that his mama was with one of the players. Now you see with this girlfriend thing. So it's like, you know what? What do you do with that? You you can't you can't look at another cat and and try to play with him and trust him, and you got you think that's going on. So yeah, that that piece right there is mind blowing in and of itself. And 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 um, you know one of the things about Butler, I mean Butler had this reputation of being hard nosed. This guy worked himself to being a superstar, but there's also been this underlying kind of developing story of him just not being a good teammate. You should think about some of the stuff that happened towards the end of his tenure in Chicago. Some of the stuff happened here. You know, add in the mix. Now, we want to, we're going to add in. You know, this is kind of the, the era of co- uh, collaborating evidence. Uh, you know, him getting called out on Twitter by Dwayne Wade. Like, you know, all them, you know, yeah. you know, all them reactions. You know, and so, you know, Darnell, you think has Butler's Reputation taking a hit, and if you're a team looking to get him, who do you think you're getting? Well, his rep- I, th- I think it depends on who you're talking about as far as his reputation. Because with some people, I'd say his reputation has gone up because it, well, you're getting more of what you already knew. Because Jimmy Butler is one of those guys; he works hard, and sometimes, sometimes it's tough when you have one guy that. He he's putting in 115, 120% of effort in, and he sees some other people that's just lollygagging around, you know, winning for the paycheck, winning for the other things that come with basketball. And Jimmy Butler is working his he's working his butt off. So he's seeing everybody, can, he's seeing some other people not playing to their potential, and he's like, man, you got to get it together. And I can I, look, I had Wiggins on my fantasy team, and, I, and, and Jimmy Butler, no, he ain't got to go that far to tell me that. But, uh, that Wiggins is not fulfilling his contract. I mean, I was like, when is he going to wake up? And I was wondering how he would deal with Tibbs. Tibbs is a cat who favors veterans. I don't always agree with that philosophy. I think Tibbs got some issues in terms of, I don't think he's the kind of coach who's going to win your championship. I just think it takes a little bit more player development, and, and he needs to be kind of cross-generational. He needs to be able to speak to the butler, and he needs to figure out how to get to Wiggins to, to, to win, and sometimes that means you can't you can't use the same style with everybody. But Wiggins struggled last year in ways, and didn't look like his heart was in it. So, and I was watching those stats, and he just did not look like he was performing. Whereas Carl Anthony Towns would shoot like forty two percent for three point range. The big fella, and people say, well, he said, no, he played hard every night. I've watched him play against some of the top talent, and he's bringing it as much as he can bring it. Um, I think their their problem had been. Uh, uh, having uh, just enough continuity throughout their roster, and I also think that Tibbs 
one of his downsides is he's not very innovative offensively. So Butler benefited from the Tibbs style, but it's, his style has never been innovative when it came to the offensive side of the ball. And in the West, you got to score points as well as stop people. And, and I don't think he maximized, particularly with Towns, the number of touches he needs to have when you look at the, project, the production. But they're going to make the move. You know, you know, no, nobody knows who's in charge. I haven't had a chance to see if the deal got made yet. I know Miami was in it. Um, I've been kind of running all day. Um, but something's going to happen. It feels like for Minnesota, it's like they keep stopping and starting. It seems like, you know, you finally get something together, and then they, they keep kind of stopping and starting um, and never kind of get any traction. Um, you know, if Butler goes to Miami, I think that's a good move for him because that, that culture actually probably lines up with him. But you know he he need to he need to stay away from Dwayne Wade. He can't be acting funny up in there. I know they negotiate that out because you know mm-hmm. Dwayne Chicago. You know Dwayne Dwayne ain't gonna take too many of them them uh, them uh, emojis with it. You know up on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the way Carl Anthony Towns is gonna take. So they are gonna have a conversation. You know, there's plenty of other things to do in South Beach, Butler, but you need to reel it in. You know. You, you you don't want to go to Europe to start practicing soccer and start to if you take on some of you the, 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 the tendencies of some of them soccer players in Europe. I ain't working in NBA. We will pull your card. So I think that's right. part of, of of what you know. There's something about Butler that he also has to rein in because he's starting to get develop a reputation of being this cat who not just hard knows but you know might not know where his boundaries are as it relates yeah. to his teammates. You know. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Hey, we always want to check in on college football. Lots been happening. Lots been happening. We got a Michigan State guy over here on the phone. We got a Michigan guy. We got a hybrid Wisconsin Michigan guy on the phone. So Big Ten is well represented. There's a lot happening around. The- I'm, I'm going to start with you, Hank. What did you learn this past week in, uh, weekend, and what surprised you? i tell you what I've learned. I've learned that one week does not a season make. You know, uh-huh. last time, D, we had an opportunity to, uh, to, 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 to to podcast here, man. I gave a state of the blue union, if you remember, okay? It was sermon-like, and I think that uh, it, I think it went out to some ears, and I've seen some things change, okay? I've seen a team here in Ann Arbor that looked like they were lost and didn't couldn't find their way to now look like they're on their way to juggernaut status, depending upon how far they go in the season. I've seen some household names just look like absolute garbage. You know, the Tennessees of the world, the Florida states of the world. You're like, what happened to you? The Floridas of the world. What's going on? You know? And I'll tell you another thing that I've seen that uh, that I don't really I, I thought was a good thing when it first came out, but now I'm not so sure. And it's this new red shirt rule. I know you've kind of heard about it, where if you are a freshman, if you will, and you're a red shirted freshman, and you play uh, a minimum of four games, you maintain your red shirt status. But now what's happening is, fifth year seniors and players like that can also use that, and if they don't get uh, four games in or just the four games in, they're now free to transfer. Why is this so significant? Because just in this last couple of days, we've had Kelly Bryant, who was the starting quarterback for Clemson University, 
who took this team to the ACC championship as well as to the playoff. Uh, he lost his job to a freshman quarterback uh, just yes, just yesterday and has chosen to transfer. Now, he, now, he's the biggest name out there that you've heard that has transferred from a major college program right during the middle of the season or just before the season. Same thing happened at the University of Nebraska and other schools. Why that's surprising to me is that can you just imagine, D, us coming up and say, well, I didn't win my position or I got replaced from somebody I'm just going to bust up and lead a team in the middle of the season. That's a surprise to me, and it's a surprise to me that that was the intent of that language. You know, but the fact that I'm seeing players just bust up on their team and lead a team in the lurch, you know, especially a player like a Kelly Bryant. Well, I understand Kelly Bryant's position. I don't want to, I did everything you want me to do. I'm not in trouble. I've gotten to a championship. But to leave your team the way he did, you know, there's just – you know, as a, as an athlete, as a competitor, as a team, and played on teams, that's always bothered me when you when you quit right in the middle of the war or right in the middle of the battle, regardless of what happens. You know, you stick with your teammates. You know, you never know, especially a sport like football. But that's always surprised me. You know, and then just just these teams again. Not a week. One week does not a season make. But when you look at teams, all of a sudden it's got you raising your eyebrows. Teams like Syracuse, teams like Kentucky, teams like that that you don't, you know, you don't, California. You know, it's like all of a sudden these teams are undefeated and you've got to take notice. You've got to take notice. You don't expect to see them towards the end, but when you look at them, you know, on their own, Texas Tech for a little bit. You know what? These are pretty good football teams. You know, the one thing you notice is that with the scholarship limits or whatever they have, you're starting to see a lot of these teams now start to rise up. That's what makes, to me, college football just a lot of fun. Yeah, there's a lot of it. I think that the thing that uh, – one of the things that surprised me is the Virginia Tech loss. And I know my boy Phil T out there with the oh, Hokies. Oh, my God, the yes. I mean, yeah, Josh got hurt I mean they, 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 let, they, they let Blake LaRusa – I mean, what he, he was uh, 30 for uh, 49. 495 yards, four touchdowns. They let a, they let Jeremy Cox. He went for what 20 carries for 130 yards. He had a 6.5 yard uh, average rushing, two touchdowns. They had two receivers um, over with a, uh, with one with 142 yards, one with a 188 yards. I mean, you have never heard of a, a hokey defense that couldn't stop anybody. I mean, like you you talking about they they gave up 28 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like I, guess to me, I, I know he lost Josh Jackson, but my goodness, I mean that you couldn't have told me that's one of the biggest upsets out there. That that's huge because you don't Old Dominion had no business. And think about this: the, the the magnitude of that upset was Old Dominion had just got blown out by Liberty, okay, yeah. fifty-one to something. This was supposed to be a, a game for Virginia Tech to get some players in and start to develop their depth. This wasn't supposed to have been a dogfight, and the fact that they flat out was not ready to play, okay? Anytime you see a game like that, and, and to take nothing away from the effort of an old Dominion, but it is what it is, okay? We saw Virginia Tech on that opening weekend. We thought, okay, this team could make some noise in the ACC. And then they go out here and lay this ostrich egg, you know, to this team, and it didn't make any sense. That's a team right there, and the coaching staff 
has got to look at themselves. Anytime you get beat like that, your coaching staff did not prepare you to play. Okay, you 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 you, you went into practice with the understanding that this was going to be a walkover, and you disrespected your opponent, and they came out and they put it on you, and that's an embarrassment to the coaching staff. All right, I'm a firm believer that, especially at the collegiate level, your team's got to be prepared to play every week, and they weren't. And in uh, Oregon, my goodness, you know, to have it, all you got to do is kneel the ball down, you run it, you fumble, Stanford comes back, amazing, like one-handed circus catch. I mean, that that was a game that put out. Uh, Hornybrook had to make a play in Iowa City because Wisconsin was on the ropes, and they started to pull it out. Uh, Wisconsin needed that victory. Um, you know, so you had some really good – you started to heat up because you started to get these matchups where folks can't afford to lose. And you started to get a sense no. of that, but 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 was there anyone who surprised you? I mean, other than the old Dominion beating it, but is there is somebody in the weeds that nobody's really talking about that? And I, I'll uh, you know, and feel free to jump in, Darnell, if you wish to. Is there anyone in the weeds, a team that no one's really talking about that you think folks need to pay attention to? Yeah, I'll start with Hank and then couple, Darnell. Oh, there's a couple of. Them. First of all, you people need to pay attention to to Kentucky. All right. Um, yeah. Kentucky has got one of the baddest – his last name is Snell, one of the baddest running backs right now in the SEC, okay? They're playing solid, solid football. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they're going to win the SEC. That's ridiculous. But they're going to cause some trouble before it's all said and done, okay? They're playing solid back, well, football, and because they're a basketball school and nobody pays them a lot of attention, Duke is playing well, too. But pay very close attention to the style of basketball, because Stoops is over there, Mike Stoops, uh, Bob Stoops' brother, who's a coach over there in Kentucky. He's got them playing solid defense. He's got them playing a physical brand of, of football, and he's got them running the football with authority. He's got them, he's got them a Heisman caliber running back. That's a team right there you need to really keep an eye on. Another team that I hate to say this, D, but this weekend is going to really tell a tale for Notre Dame. Why is that? Because Notre Dame plays Stanford, okay, in Notre Dame, in South Bend. Notre Dame has made a change of quarterback to be more of a vertical passing game, more of an accurate passing game than they were when they played Michigan. And now they've got Stanford coming off of that big uh, – they come from behind victory last week right there in South Bend. If they win that game, there's really no there's really no path of resistance for Notre Dame, okay, going through the rest of their, their, their season. And they're, just going, they're going to be the team that's laying in the weeds where everybody's talking about what's going on at Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, okay. That's a team right there that people kind of say, well, they don't look good winning. And so, but they could be undefeated at the end of the season. They won't have a, um, a conference uh, championship game to play in. What are you going to do it? They're just laying in the weeds. And, and while the Big Ten will be cannibalizing itself, the Pac-10 will be cannibalizing – Pac-12, rather, will be cannibalizing itself – because obviously Stanford and Washington got to play each other. You've got other teams over there that's going to give teams fits like ASU. Notre Dame is sitting out there, and sitting pretty, got those heavy games, and the rest of the schedule don't look like it used to look. They're laying in the weeds. Another team is Syracuse, okay? Syracuse is another one of those teams that uh, you might think they're a niche team, but they've had some very quality wins already this year. 
They're going to go against Clemson right there at, in, at Clemson. Right there, right there at Clemson. Yeah, I meant that. <laughs> right there at Clemson. And uh, that's right. That, 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 that's the, the, the dramatic game of the year, of the week. Right there at Clemson. And what that's going to do is uh, that you're going to see, if they beat Clemson at that game because they get their new quarterback, then all of a sudden you've got your new kid on the block with Syracuse. I don't expect that, but I expect I expect it to be a lot closer than what it is. Yeah, I think you're. I mean, I think those are uh, you know uh, you know really good teams uh, that you mentioned, um, and you know I would probably add to that mix uh, a, a little bit. Um, you know, if we Texas is going to be interesting. I, you know, I've, you know, I haven't been a, a big fan of their coach, but they got some victories in, uh coming up. They got a, a matchup with Oklahoma coming up here soon that could. Um, uh, tell you where they're at. I think Texas is a team that might push up. Uh, you know, they might. I don't know if they'll make a run, Ken, but a, a, a couple of victories over the next couple of weeks will give people an indication that they might be heading in the right direction. And one that's way off the radar, you know, and it's not probably going to end up in playoff competition or, or anything, um, is University of Hawaii. You say, why should I say that? They're 3-1. and one. They got a victory over Navy. Navy's beating Memphis. Memphis is running everybody out the gym. Um, they had a uh, tight loss to Army. But when you think about just kind of like teams that are kind of out there out west moving into, you know, you know, if, if this is a program that might end up in the, you know, top, uh, you know, top 20, top 15, you know, they got to play BYU number 20. They got Fresno State who's had some decent competition against folks, uh, Utah State. So they got some interesting folks. You know, you talk about these folks that are outside of the roster. This is not a team that's going to push for the top 10. But they could have some victories over some teams that could dictate who's going to be end up playing on those November uh, one dates. Um, and if you know, anytime they're playing at home, that's a home field advantage when you got to try to right. travel them. But they've been they've been putting some numbers up on folks um, and and running folks out. Uh, even um, you know they on Navy. They, and Navy's a tough team to put numbers up on. They put fifty nine on Navy. Mm-hmm. All right. The one, so the one thing that concerns it, 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 me it's it, it played tough against Army. Huh? Yeah. One thing that concerns me about Hawaii is their defense. Um, yeah. They they start off might play and start, but the defense have a tendency to fade as the game as yeah. the game goes on. But uh, yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, they they yeah. they they will put some points up on you. They will put some yeah. points yeah. up on you. They, they they seem to be a more of a balanced team than they've been in the past. Yeah. So in those are kind of like because if you're out late at night, there's a lot of good games happening on the West Coast. And so, you know, we always want to give a shout-out to the West Side. You know, Cousin Snoop would appreciate that. Well, right. we're here. You listen to RSG One Mic, uh, and we're still in the open mic before we, we get to the cypher portion of the, of the program where we go deep into uh, a little bit more NFL talk. Uh, we just had this big fight. You know, I want to bring uh, Darnell back in uh, with us uh, for this. Uh, this young man that really knows his boxing. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, you um, – you know, you, you had some uh, uh, a pretty good summary of what you thought about, you know, the Triple G and Canelo fight and, you know, what that would mean in the aftermath. But before doing that, there, there was a major announcement that came out today that I think is going to have a major impact on the boxing world. Um, can you talk a little bit about that announcement that came out? Oh, yeah. News came out today through the New York Times that um, HBO is going out of – HBO boxing – is going out of business. They're um, 
HBO was stopping their they're st- they're stopping their um, boxing coverage by the end of the year, and to me, I think this was actually kind of predictable because um we're in the month of we're at the end of September right now, and HBO has only had about three or four boxing cards the whole year, and um, going into the Triple G Canelo fight, Canelo was on the last fight of his deal, and I didn't know if he was going to stay with HBO or go to Showtime or somewhere else, so I thought that was pretty predictable. And, you know, we we talked a little bit about Al Heyman. I remember I had Doug Fisher on when Al Heyman came up with the new business model that would get uh, boxing more on, more access to more people, moving away from, uh, you know, the premium subscription uh, uh, networks like HBO and Showtime and the pay-per-view, but getting it more into the more uh, general cable uh, uh, viewing networks um, and getting boxing and on regular television. And people – People really push back on Al Heyman, but this is a guy who's been who has a great business mind. You know, he's uh, you know trained at you know one of the one of the top business schools uh, in the world. Uh, made his bone uh, uh, in um, you know doing uh, promotional tours with people. I think like Michael Jackson and a lot of the music industry. And then came into boxing. You know, worked a lot with Floyd Mayweather and folks, and really had a model where he was trying to put more money in boxers' hands. Uh, as well, and so really changed the business model. A lot of people were, you know, reacting to him doing it. And, and you and I were talking a little bit off the air that, you know, this this Heyman might have something to do with this decision that HBO is, has about discontinuing boxing. People don't understand, HBO's had some of the most, the mega fights. If you're a boxing fan, HBO, when you think about, you know, the people, uh, Jim Lantley, the Hall of Famer, you think about Larry Merchant, you think about all those fights, that they called uh, that uh, were just mega fights that we all had a chance to watch and watch boxing. Like HBO is was a was a anchor in the fight. What, what role do you think Al Heyman had in in in, in also kind of accelerating this demise? Well, for for the most part, most of the Heyman fighters left. You had um, HBO for the good part of the last half decade, almost a decade, but by now. They have shifted their focus from um, the American boxers, and they started focusing on promoting the European and Eastern European fighters. So they um always they're always talking up the um the fighters that are over there and saying they're better than the people that we have here, and people don't really want to watch those guys. Well, and so like the you got you have guys like Deontay Waters on HBO. Both of the Charlo brothers on HBO. Demetrius Andre was on HBO. They had all those guys that ended up leaving. And that's what really contributed to their demise. And on top of that, you have um, Bob Arum and Top Rank. They went to ESPN. And that was really the final nail in the coffin. Because other than that, what do you have? You have pretty much Golden Boy. And Golden Boy is only hold, held up by Canelo right now. They have Canelo, they have a pro, um, they have a young guy Jaime Munguia, and they have a prospect in Ryan Garcia, and that's pretty much their whole roster. So it was pretty predictable for HBO to go out, but kind of See, sad. This, this, but... This, 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 this is why we bring this young man on. He getting he getting his training leg. We have him going back to back nights. You know he 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 getting his training leg, but you can tell he knows his stuff. And uh, young man, 
we, we, we know we're going to feature you more uh, as we get as we get into uh, uh, the stretch run the RSG. Hank, you know, you see, we bring the youngins along. We ain't just coming along without right. bringing the youngins. We're trying to bring That's the youngins right. along. You know, Hank, Hank, Hank's been bringing him along for the longest, even though he threw the ball <laughs> on the backstop. Hank, Hank, <laughs> Hank was trying to bring him along earlier today. But we we finally your stride, man. You may not hey, be able to throw that fastball, that breaking pitch. <laughs> but you, 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 you hey, hey, it sounds like he got more control over there now than he did then. But that's all right. <laughs> he, he he can bring it then. I don't want to get it. I don't want to get the twin. He can bring it then. We didn't know where it was going, but it was going fast. <laughs> hey, kids jumping out of the box. Hey, kids jumping. These kids ducking, oh, getting man. out the box. <laughs> all right, when we come, when we come back. Uh, we're gonna go to the cipher. Me and Hank, I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna push him in the cipher. We're gonna talk about this NFL. You know he got some stuff to say, y'all. Stay tuned. This is RSG one mic. Before I exit stage left, Tony Cartagena, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Southside, born and raised, UW Badgers on Wisconsin, Mike drops. Kansas City 
is a very talented team. And I think that uh, had a Pat, if they had used Pat Mahomes or he's playing like he was right now, this is a team a lot of people aren't talking about, even though they had one of the best records in the NFL last year. But Pat Mahomes, to me, man, is the, is the man. I like him. I like his game. I think it's no fluke what you see, okay? Trust what I tell you. This is no fluke what you see with this kid, all right? He is solid, very solid. And, and I'm, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised, but I'm excited for him. That's the one thing I, I like. The other surprise is how much of an impact the Khalil Mack has made on the Chicago Bears. Yeah. I didn't think one player could make that much of a difference to it. Now, look, they still got Mitch Trubisky, who I still think blows, okay? I'm I'm sorry. I just There's nothing about Mitch Trubisky that excites me. But the Bears' defense with Khalil Mack, and what he has done, it seems like just him being in that locker room, man, has changed the whole mental concept of that team. And now you see that what he's done in game one has already put some doubt, you know, in, into the Green Bay Packers, all right? And when you see what happened to the Minnesota Vikings this past week, their doors blown off by Minnesota, I mean by uh, Buffalo, think about that. Think about what the what that the, what the impact that has on the Bears. So, hey, um, again, Pat Mahomes, the impact Khalil Mack has made on the Bears. That, I mean, that those two right there sticks out like sore thumbs to me. Well, I got to begin by doing my famous Anita Mac Baker. I apologize <laughs> to the Buffalo Bills. I apologize, man. So I tweet. How many Buffalo Bills do you think will leave by halftime? What's the over and under? <laughs> that was my tweet before the game. What's the over and under of the number of Bills that leave at halftime? And them cats came out and showed up and showed out. I'm surprised they got off the mat. Mm-hmm. If they came out, it not only showed up, they played physical. They played physical. And so that that was just uh, unbelievable as well. And then I'm surprised it took him so long to get Baker Mayfield in the game. My goodness. Yeah. He came to the game, the energy changed. Look, I started out, we had all this debate, and I'm like, this is, a, this is like the third or fourth time I've watched a kid in college. I'm listening to all these experts, and I'm thinking, am I watching the same player? Am I watching the same player? Nothing that he did surprised me. See, they tried to continue. I'm not even going to use the other person's name. They tried to compare him to the other guy. But what they forgot about about. is that at every stage, Baker had to come and be the walk-on. Baker had to come and be the backup. Baker had to claw himself to the top. He had to show that he had grit. He had the ability to stay with it. And so nothing told me that he had to make up to make it here, and you could see the energy when he got on the field in the, in, the, in the command that he had. Now, I'm not pushing anything against Terod Taylor. I like him. I think there's a place for him in the NFL. I think he came into another tough circumstance. I think you can do studies on quarterbacks like him, particularly black quarterbacks, who don't always quite get – they don't ever get the concierge experience, right? They don't ever get the benefit of the doubt. They – they always got to have that can't-go-back attitude. 
in a way that they kind of get they kind of get uh, uh, microaggressed back a little bit all the time. And you can do studies on quarterbacks. There are subtle things that undermine their ability to be successful, and then they just kind of manifest those things. But having said all that, Baker did everything he was supposed to do, and he came out there like gangbusters and and and, and did his thing in a way that uh that 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 to me just just says man this is stars born you can just tell and you can see Cleveland just waking up um, at a time when they lost one star one icon they get another young man that can kind of help them dream so that's something that surprised me what left you wondering what left you wondering when you looked at uh, teams this weekend. Well, let me tell you. Let me kind of pick it back off of the the the, um, the, the Baker Mayfield thing. You know, this I think when you see Baker Mayfield, this, this, it's decisions like this that that just makes me wonder how in the world uh, that um, Hugh Jackson has still got a job. Because see, if you know you got that kind of energy, you drafted this kid, right? You lose, you got you got a loss already, you got a tie. You know, go ahead and let him start in my opinion, okay? You shouldn't wait for your quarterback to get a, a, a concussion to do that, okay? When you look around the league, you see Josh Allen, who, yeah, I apologize, too, to the Buffalo Bills fans because I told them he was going to be the biggest bust in the league. He coming out there, you know, hurdling folks, man. So I got to apologize to that. And then you got Sam Darnold who started, okay? How in the world are they starting and Baker Mayfield in Cleveland is not? You know, that just kind of makes you wonder, what do you really, what do you, what, you know, first of all, you ain't got no business being there in the first place. But secondly, you know, start to start the kid. And there shouldn't have been no guesswork. He's won the, the first game you ever won in two years. He's won it for you. There shouldn't be no, I got to wait and see. He's my starter for the rest of the year. The Maker Mayfield, you know, era in Cleveland starts today. He, you know, he'd been run out of town if he started Tyrod Taylor to no fault of Tyrod Taylor. To, yep. to no fault of his, but now let's think about what, 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 what's got me kind of buff, got me uh, befuddled. First and foremost, if I don't say something about this roughing the passer penalty, I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> okay, now I gotta go. Now I, now I need a minute. All right, because I don't see some penalties get called right now that, against games. I'm just trying to enjoy the rest of my Sunday NFL. That's all I'm trying to do. All right? I'm trying to sit down with my favorite beverage and my favorite food and watch a little football on Sunday. Tackle football. That's all I ask. Okay? Y'all got on the helmets. Y'all got on the pads. Play tackle football. Why in the world? Because you hit the quarterback. You didn't knock him in the next week. You ran up in there and you brought him down. They're throwing the flag, talking about some, oh, he put his weight on him. That's why you're in the weight room. What are you talking about? The two – listen, the penalty they called on Clay Matthews was bad enough, D. But if you watched the game on Monday night, if you didn't just run out the house screaming at the top of your lungs, I don't know what to do because I could not understand. And I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to protect the quarterbacks. Nobody wants to watch the backup in Green Bay. Nobody wants to watch the backup in New England. Nobody wants to watch the backup in, uh, in Philadelphia, in Minnesota. I get that. But this is, a, this is football. It's a collision sport, okay? Unless you spear the guy, unless you go after his knees, don't be calling no – it's going to be flag football in a minute. 
okay? And that drove me crazy in the first few weeks. I mean, they're calling it, it's, it, it, it's almost powder puff football. They're calling it so much, okay? And to the point where I, I, I turned the game off on Monday, okay? And I wanted to see Fitzmagic against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But the minute that they start throwing that flag, I mean, they pushed Ben Roethlisberger, D. They just pushed him. All they did was push him. He goes, now now you got your quarterbacks flopping, like, 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 like LeBron James in the finals. I can't be bothered with that. This is football. This is football. That is driving me crazy. I'm going to tell you right now, I understand player protection, but play, what's, what's that? You play to win the game. Hello? Hello? Play football. I ain't got nothing else to say about nothing else because that's what drove me it, crazy it, to the point where somebody's got to do something about that. That's stupid. It, 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 before I get into what surprised me, but at the same time, Vance McDonald, I'm a Steelers fan, he, he probably could have got arrested for assault for what he did to uh, Chris Conti. I yeah, mean, exactly. He, he Exactly. If that would have been a quarterback, it would have been about 7,000 flags thrown. But an exactly. offensive player can just straight up abuse, and I enjoy watching it. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that. I watching it over and over and over again. And I enjoy everybody talking about it over and over and over again. Saying, <laughs> a funny thing about uh, 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 about uh, uh, the stiff arm that happened with him is hearing former football players talk about it. That was the funniest yeah. part that. That that uh, uh, James Harrison said, "How is he going to talk to his kids?" <laughs> 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 I mean, but nobody felt sorry for him. Nobody was calling for any penalties. He went out with an injury. He left the game. So the con- inconsistency of Is he out how for the season now? On IR. He, he he was out for the game. I don't know if he out for the season. I would have been out for the okay. season. I, ain't I thought that I saw he was he was on IR. They put him on IR the next day. They, they, they probably should have put him on something on Instagram. <laughs> he was not on it. But the thing, the thing that surprised me was how in the hell did uh, the Detroit Lions whoop up on the dang Patriots like they stole something? Now they got all the Gronk family coming out, everything else. Was he just trying to gift your boy a win? Like, was he Was he really – the, was they point shaving? How did Listen. New England go into Detroit and get whooped like they was playing football on the east side? Not in the man, game, but out in the street. Hey, let me, listen. I wish you would have been here, okay? Social media <laughs> social media around here was hilarious, okay? If you had if you just had Twitter or if you had Facebook and you could just listen to the psyche of the Lions fans. This, that was the that was more entertaining than the game itself, okay? The Lions go up and they, and, and they go up. Uh, what was it like ten to nothing or thirteen to three or something like that? And uh, you can just hear. I, I read. I read social media. Okay, and I'm just here. Don't worry, they'll figure out a way to line it up. That's all right. It's going to happen. I mean, it was cracking me up. And then. Don Brady throws a touchdown pass, right, to cut the score to, what, 13 to 10? And then I'm reading, here we go. I knew it was going to happen now. Time to finally woke up. This is going to be another national embarrassment on television. This is what's going on. Then all of a sudden, uh, uh, 
Kayon Johnson gets a, gets a hundred yards. They better take him out the game before he lose fifteen yards, and he go and we still ain't got it. This is going on the whole game, and then when the game was over, when the game was over, everybody put question marks in their social media. Not yay Lions, go team! Everybody just said, "What the hell just happened? Did I just see what I thought I saw?" Did the, New, just like it, did the New England Patriots come in here and save this man's job on purpose? What the hell just happened? And then it got to New England must not be a good team this year. Something's got to be wrong with New England. Is it Tom Brady sick? What's going on? It was hilarious. The Lions won their first game against a Super Bowl contending team, and nobody believes it. That's right. <laughs> Nobody believes. Nobody's buying it. Somebody, somebody was pointing. Nobody's buying it. I can't buy it. Somebody point shaving. I can't. I can't figure that one out. Man. So we weren't going to do like the top, huh? If you saw the last two weeks, this team got absolutely pantsed against the Jets at home to start the season. Forty something points hung on them. Then they go out to San Francisco, and and Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford can't get a pass. He, you know, he he couldn't make a connection if you gave him AT&T. He was awful. And then he come out here, and everybody was like, this is going to be another national embarrassment. And, that's the, and nobody understands what happened. Nobody nobody can put their finger on it. And everybody is blaming the New England Patriots. <laughs> they're not praising the Lions. They're blaming the Patriots. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, man. That right there says everything that we need to know about Detroit Lions. So we were going to do the top five in each conference, but I just think there's so. I just look at this. I think there's so much craziness going on in football. I wonder if we just do the top five. How do you want to do it? I mean, I'm looking at the AFC, and the record would tell you that certain people. I just can't say their name. I can't yeah. say I can't say the Miami Dolphins. No, I can't no. say it. No, you 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 got I, to go on what you know. You can't go on what you see, okay? You, you and, and I know that sounds crazy, but you got to go on what you know. Now, now there's going to be there's, again. There's always cute stories, but then there's just some teams out there that you you just know that ain't going to last. It just can't. I'm not buying it. I'm not. They ain't gonna make that big a fool out of me. I'm just telling you. So when you did your list, who 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 did who did you have? Who did you have? We gonna we gonna try this, man. Who did you have? Okay. Who, well, who'd you have? <laughs> all right. Well. Who okay, Well, let me let me let me put it to you this way. When I look at the East, and yeah, the Dolphins look good, but until until otherwise, until proven otherwise, I'm still keeping the Patriots up there. Okay. In the West. I can't go. I'm staying with the Chiefs. The Chiefs is it's a real deal to me. Okay, the Chiefs is a real deal to me. And in, and in the North, AFC North, that's a toss up. I guess I guess by default you can go with the Steelers, but that's a toss up. In the South, I got to go with the Jags. Okay, and the, so so in, in the AFC, I, my top in the AFC is is uh, the Chiefs, the Jags, uh, the Patriots. And then whoever you want to pick the Steelers in the, in, the, in the North, I mean, yeah. Uh, in the AFC, in the NFC, you, man, listen. I know the I know the Eagles is is the, is the defending Super Bowl champs, 
but you if you if you haven't looked at the Rams, you ain't been watching football. Okay? The Rams yeah. the, the Rams is big is 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 the truth, Chief. The Rams is the truth. Okay? Yeah. After that, um who do you go to? Then you go to your Eagles. I think you got yeah you got you got to go with the defending Super Bowl champs. And then I, this this is a tough pill to swallow, but Minnesota right now, even though they ain't look like it, even though they don't look like it. And then when I look at the when I look at the in the South, and even though Tampa Bay outside of losing look pretty you know look look pretty solid, uh, I'm going to go with the Saints. Um, I, I I like what Drew Brees is trying to do over there. Um, uh, that, that's the team right now that, that's so much intriguing me. The Panthers, kind of, kind of, sort of, but I like the Saints right now early on. But I'm going to tell you right now, the team that looks the most impressive coming out the gate are, is, is the Rams and the Chiefs, okay? I mean, anybody else, it, it's just they just play a football. But those teams is already a cut above, in my opinion. So when I look at this, uh, my top five is probably going AFC. I'm going to actually start with uh, at least two teams out the AFC West. I'm going to go with Kansas City. Actually, three, Kansas City, Denver, and the Chargers. I have more confidence in them than than a lot of other teams in the AFC in terms of how they're playing. Um, Even though the Chargers are one and two, they got a loss to the Rams. Um, They played tough. I mean, if the Cats had dropped the ball, uh, I think the Rams could have, the Chargers could have beat the Rams um, in the Battle of LA. Three teams. I would have New England, and then I would probably put Jacksonville. You, you, Cincinnati's sneaky. I just can't trust the head coach. No, you uh, can't hardball trust them. Hardball team, the, 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 the AFC North is just too unpredictable right now. We don't know what's going to happen. The Dolphins, I just can't say it. I just can't no. say it. Uh, and, and we know what's happening in Oakland. He's still trying to find a pass rusher. And so, yeah, but then, he got rid of one. He, he got rid of one, but he said he's still looking for one. Uh, oh. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to help him with. I agree with the Rams being the top team in the NFC. Um, I would. I still have confidence in Philly being that second slot. Um, yeah. Uh, when you talk about complete teams, um, it's hard to talk about what Tampa Bay is because they a lot. They're almost like to me like Miami. Like I need you gotta have sustainable evidence. You look good now, but we seen Fitzpatrick when he was at the Jets. It's grand open, grand closing. Um, I would, um, uh, I would probably go with. Uh, I think the, what the Bears are doing are solid. Quarterback is not going to be. Um, he's not going to lose the game, but I think their defense and a lot of other pieces. I think they're putting together an identity there. I'll, I can take that. Um, and then I, I would probably. There's a, there's a log jam after that, but I would probably go with Tampa Bay, Washington. I like because. Uh, uh, I got AP on my, my fantasy team. I, I think it'd be a tie between Tampa Bay and Washington. Washington's got a solid run game that travels. If AP is really what it used to be, um, Alex Smith knows how to do things. They'll, they'll start getting that stuff offensively, and their defense has been, um, you know, playing pretty tough. They, they, you know, they gave Green Bay all they can handle, and so um, uh, I, I would say there's a tie in that fifth spot uh, right there. As we go into the next week, what's the storyline you watch? Well, hang on, because I got a follow up. Because I'm surprised you didn't mention Minnesota in your top five in the, in the NFC. Well, uh, no, no well, confidence in Kirk. Right now, right now, right now, Minnesota's slipping. I mean, they, they right now. Oh well, they, they well they got the Rams right now. Depending on what they do tonight. Depending on what they okay. do tonight. 
I'm not a big it's, I'm not a big Cousins fan, man. Mm-hmm. They got a great defense. I, I don't. I ain't hate Cousins. We trust. I ain't really. I was pretty much. <laughs> it's, 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 I, I, that's my bias. My, 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 that's my bias, man. I think Cousins got you know. I think Cousins got brother-in-law. I got and you. So I got you. Maybe that's my bias. But I'm not a big Cousins fan. Although they, they're solid all the way around. I, I mean, I, there probably is a reason. Are they better than? Uh, we saw in their battle in the Rams uh, uh, right now. Now that game is what? Is that game in Minnesota? Mm-hmm. No, the game tonight. That's in L.A. Yeah. It's in L.A. So they're playing well. Yeah. They win this one, they might go. But I think the Rams are the best team. But if Minnesota wins this game, that puts them there. I think the Rams struggle with Philly at full blast. I mean, Minnesota struggle with Philly at full blast, and Tampa Bay. I, if you were pushing me, I'd put him in a Tampa Bay spot. Just don't trust mm-hmm. Cousins, man. And maybe maybe this victory right here would get it. I just have never trusted. Cousins is like Saban was at Michigan State. Throwing a shot to my guy down there. He was 6-5 Saban. 75 Saban. Everybody thought he was the stuff. It's kind of like we, we look at the Iowa coach. You know, it's like he went, but he always ate and four. You know, he right, was going right. And so they give him love that you still got figuring out that he deserves. Maybe that's my problem with it. But you can you can call me out. People can call me out. But if you call me out wrong, I just want to tell you. If you come and call me out, I know you asked. I'm glad you asked. If they, if somebody try to call me on social media. They're gonna get this. They're gonna get this. I'm not gonna call Minnesota. I don't think they ever recover. I don't think they ever recover from that beat down they took in Philly. It's like they got beat hey. by Clubber Lang. <laughs> they got beat by Clubber Lang out there in Philly. <laughs> He took it. 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 Get into the mark. Get into the mark. <laughs> I, they, they play it tough now. After next week, I'll put them in. I just don't. I got my cousin biased. I'm going to say that. I'm sorry. I apologize okay. my, my folks from Minneapolis. Y'all treated me well when I was there. But cousin biased. So, so what, what's your storyline? Let me start. My storyline is Le'Veon, Le'Veon, Le'Veon. Now, the Steelers bounce back. And I think, like you said, they're one of those teams that you don't know what's going to go. But can we see any movement in Le'Veon? Because right now he's going to determine what's going to happen in that AFC. He comes back to the Steelers with enough time for them to kind of pull it together. That that could be that could be uh, interesting. And then the other thing I'm going to be looking at, you know, uh, in terms of, um, you know, what's this next uh, for folks is, you know, are these, are these, who, which, are these, now we get to the point where people are scouting these young quarterbacks. And so who's going to, who's going to start self-scouting? Which one of these young quarterbacks are going to evolve and do their own little self-scouting? Where you, you see them, I think you see Patrick Mahomes doing that. And I mm-hmm. think they're helping him with some of the schemes, but, but I don't see him dropping off in the second half. I think he's doing a good job of self-scouting. You see him. The kind of throws they they have to make, he's he's good. But some of these these other young quarterbacks, you know, we're getting there. People got film on them now, and so you know, how are they going to progress? Have they done any self scouting? Are they doing any little tweaks? It, it'd be interesting to see how these, you know, we start to get to the meat. Is it going to hold up, or are you going to start to see a little bit of crack uh, in, in the foundation of some of these young quarterbacks who've been playing? So, you know, for me, what kind of storyline are you looking for? 
You know, for me, um, I think the storyline is going to be: um, is this is this it for Brady and Belichick? Uh, you mm. got the Dolphins. We just got through talking about who we neither one of us trust going to uh, Foxborough next week. Okay. And they play the Patriots after coming off of that humiliating loss here in Detroit. Uh, do, do, how do they come out? How do they respond? And if they respond the Patriot way, then it was just a hiccup and a blip on the screen and just a team just trying to get his legs together and getting himself together. But if they lose and the Dolphins go 4-0 and and now your Patriots is 1-3, Houston, we have a problem. We got a problem. <laughs> Because you know now, now we're now we're starting to say, okay, the Patriot way has finally, you know, uh, found its found its end, found its closure. Because I can't see them coming back from a one and three uh, start, okay. And you've got the Dolphins starting four and zero, barring some incredible injury. Now they, the Patriots is already a wounded animal. They had a couple of players on their defensive line that they said a gazillion times in the game on Monday night which, you know, led you to believe was why the Detroit Lions were able to run the football on them. But now you've got a very balanced uh, uh, Miami Dolphins, early Miami Dolphins offense, and they're going to have to stop this team somehow. They're at home. they got a chance to recover. We're going to see if that was a blip on the screen or uh, that's, that's the, the Belichick-Brady-Swan song. The other one I want to see is uh, the best of the West, out there in the AFC. We just got through talking about our man, uh, Pat Mahomes, and he goes to Denver, goes to Mile High, or in Vesco Field, okay, and he takes on the Broncos, all right, in a, in a, in a night game on Monday night. This is going to be fun to watch. The nation finally gets to see Pat Mahomes, okay? A lot of us, you know, uh, geeks of the game know who he is, but now we're going to be on national uh, television, uh, Monday Night Football, and the nation gets to see Pat Mahomes. It's going to see how it's going to be neat to see how him and the Chiefs responds uh, to that big stage, uh, where, all, where the whole nation gets to see what this kid's all about. All right. Well, you see, we're getting it. Well, you know, um, you know, my man Hank does, uh, you know, this this, this great uh, uh, podcast called Inside the Park. When we come back. We're going to get a little bit of flavor of my man Hank. He's going to give you a little dips and dabs. You know, we're moving that part of the baseball season. And so, you know, we always like to have my man Hank, you know, uh, uh, bless the mic for us uh, so that we can get a good sense of, uh, you know, what's going on uh, in that in that great world uh, of baseball when we come back after his messages on RSG One Mic.
right. Welcome back 
to the Oakland A's, man. The Oakland A's. Nobody thought the A's was going to be the team that was going to be talking about coming out the West. All right? You you had the the payroll that is the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. You had the Houston Astros, who are the defending champs. You have the Seattle Mariners. Who thought, who would have thought that Billy Ball, yes, Billy Ball, is still alive, all right, in Oakland. Welcome back. You know, it's good to have y'all back in the playoff picture. It's good to see you back. That is so cool. So let's give them some. Yeah, we tease him a lot because we've got him on the spot. Welcome back. 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 Yes, sir. Welcome back. You know, it's, it's cool when you get uh, teams to come out there and get their act together uh, and, and really kind of spice up the season. You always know that you're going to get the Bostons of the world. You're going to get the Dodgers of the world, you're going to get the Yankees of the world. But it's always great when you see these other teams put it together kind of under the radar. Next thing you know, lo and behold, here they are. And one more I forgot to mention. They kind of fell short last year, but I knew it, but they, they made them push this year, and that is the Colorado Rockies. You know, that was the team that I talked about, if you remember, that I thought was going to make that make that next step along with the Houston Astros, fell a little bit short. But they jumped the Arizona uh, Diamondbacks this year, and now they are in the playoff hunt right now, battling neck and neck with the L.A. Dodgers. But it seems like it's pretty safe that they're going to make a playoff run. Now, the thing is, you've got you've got teams that, that, that's, that's really pushing it right now. You've got the Cubs and you've got the Dodgers and you've got the Rockies and the Cardinals that are all pushing for that final playoff spot within a game of each other with the final series coming up this weekend. So there's still a lot of good baseball to watch, and those teams are still real pushing really hard to see what they're going to do as we move into red October or what I call the hunt for October. You know, and we always spend a lot of time this time of year talking about Teams that 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 played hard down the stretch and they, and they got it going, but then there's some teams that they just could not get under the fence. You know, I call this the segment the better not, better luck next year. Had great seasons, but just did not get enough over the hump. I want to talk about primarily the Tampa Bay Rays, and I kind of feel sorry for the Rays because the Rays actually had a really good season. The Rays could potentially win 91 ball games this year. Okay, but because of the years of the Yankees and the year of um, the Boston Red Sox, which was a historical year for the Red Sox, eclipsing their their win record of going over 104 wins this year, uh, and that team that they that juggernaut of a team they have over there, basically uh, a Bean Town All Star team, uh, it was going to be tough for the Rays. Okay, because now the only thing they had to battle for was one single solitary playoff spot with the Yankees. And the, and the Red Sox pretty much, and the Yankees pretty much um, sawing up that one uh, wild card spot. That only left one wild card spot for the Rays, in which they had to go against the A's, pretty much who had a phenomenal year. Um, uh, it, it just came out the blue with it, and, and the Mariners for for that matter. So keep doing what you're doing, Rays. Better next, better luck next year. The other team, who I kind of predicted their demise after a while. Uh, but they hung in there a little bit more than I had anticipated, and that was the Washington Nationals. Washington Nationals, again, 
uh, had owned the East for a little while, but all of a sudden here come the here come the Braves, who and 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 doing things they've always done, just collect a bunch of young talent, let those players develop, and now you're looking at a team that's going to compete for the playoffs every year in the Braves versus the Nationals, who tried to be the Yankees of the of the uh, south of the of the East Eastern Seaboard Yankees a little bit south 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 southern north, I guess I want to say uh, the National League Eastern team. Uh, that the Yankees are, as far as payroll, you know, got one of the best pitchers in the league in Max Scherzer. Uh, Bryce Harper not having such a good year, you know, rattled with injuries. I think if you want to look at him, his highlight was winning the home run derby there uh, in Nationals Park. But outside of that, just, a, you know, they became a run-of-the-mill team pretty much this year. Um, and But, that team that has spent a lot of money over the course of the last several years and you had anticipated uh, winning uh, more games or at least taking the East will be out of the playoffs this year. It's going to be interesting to see what sort of moves they make in the offseason. But, again, that's better luck next year. And looking, you know, even further down the road, so we talked about the top teams in the league and those teams that just kind of didn't make it. And then we want to see these teams, I'm going to say, see ya and I wouldn't want to be it, all right? First and foremost, let's talk about some of the managers that didn't, that didn't that's not going to make it out of 2018 or will not see a team, at least a team they was with in 2018 going into 2019. First and foremost, Jeff Bannister, uh, who was with the Texas Rangers. And you can the Texas Rangers is another one of those teams that's tried to compete year in and year out. Well, they lost 92 ball games this year. Okay, and they, depart, and, they, and they parted ways with their manager, Jeff Bannister. And it's a shame, too. Because you, you just had you just had things that just did not work out with the, with the Rangers. They just had players that they would bring over and trade for and sign with, and they just became. A, and, and the thing is, the West became a stronger and stronger. The AL West became a stronger and stronger division, and they just kind of got lost in the, in, in the wayside. Some of their best players are playing for other teams now, and it's it's time for that rebuild to go on with them. The other team, surprisingly, the Toronto Blue Jays. They get rid of their manager, John Gibbons, 87-loss uh, team. But what do you expect, okay, if you're the Blue Jays now, okay? it's it's What are you going to do? You get rid of a bunch of players. You're in one of the toughest divisions in the league. What are you going to do? So are you going to spend the money or are you going to start trying to do like the Rays do and try to really build on getting your young players together and moving forward that way? And then uh, a, a team – that, that I want to say see ya, but I wouldn't want to be ya, has to be a, a, a the fabled Baltimore Orioles. And the sad thing about the Baltimore Orioles is they let their best player go to Los Angeles, Manny Machado. Uh, you leave a, a, a very respected manager, Buck Walter, and you leave him with the cupboard bare. Uh, you don't leave him with a whole lot of choice. You don't leave the franchise with a whole lot of choice. Look like Buck will probably be gone at the end of the season. The Baltimore Orioles lose 112 games this year, the worst record in baseball, uh, and it's a shame that they couldn't they couldn't figure out a way to put it together with some of the players that they had that they had to give up or, or, or got rid of, and the writing was on the wall when Machado was dealt. So uh, it looks like the the Buck Showalter era in in Baltimore is going to be over and done with. Um, and then another manager who I just don't know if he's got dirty pictures of the ownership or what. But Mike Socia still today has a job. And I, I, I've, I've 
if you've heard me on the, on the, on these airways, you know I've got a problem with that because you have a huge payroll. You've got the best player in the league year in and year out in, in, in Mike Trout, and yet you can't find a way to get this team consistently into the playoffs and and or even win a division. Teams have passed you up in your tenure, okay? The Houston Astros came over from the National League and was one of the worst teams in baseball. Mike Socia was the manager of the of the Angels, okay? You get Mike Trout on the team, Mike Socia is the manager of the Angels. The Houston Astros have now won the division and now in the and won a World Series, and 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 the Kansas City Royals did too. And Mike Socia is still the manager of the Angels. How is this man keeping his job? You know, and you can't understand why this team keeps uh, underachieving. They make moves every year. They they went and got Justin Upton. They went and got. Um, uh, Ian Kinsler from the Detroit Tigers. They went and got these veteran players to go with Pujols, to go with Mike Trout, to to try to bolster their pitching staff, and they don't make the playoffs. They're always either third or fourth in their division, and Mike Socia is still your manager. Okay, you won your World Series, but that was over a decade ago. Okay, it is time to cut bait Angels. I'm not an Angels fan, but I'm a baseball fan. And I've seen good managers lose their job for little to nothing. And I see this guy playing. You're talking about playing to the past, okay? His past could be in the 1800s. Mike Socia will probably still have a job. It's time to move on, Angels. I don't know how many times i got to call for the man's job. Maybe if I say keep him, then you'll do the opposite. So keep him. Maybe you'll do the opposite. So let's look at this season and, and, and some players that's just had – some amazing seasons. You know, we get to this time of the year, we start talking about the Cy Young, we start talking about MVPs, we start talking about the Rookie of the Year. Well, let me tell you something, just real quick. You know, if I was looking at Cy Young, I'm looking over in the American League and I see Blake Snell in Tampa Bay, that would be poetic justice to me. Okay, that would be poetic justice to me if you let Blake Snell win the Cy Young. Not let him win. The man's had a phenomenal year. He's got 21 wins, okay, uh, with Tampa Bay, you got Corey Kluber over in the team. No one's really talking about right now. That's in the playoffs. They had the easiest walkover. Had the easiest walkover of any team, um, the Cleveland Indians, of getting into the playoffs. And why is that? Well, because they had no competition. They had no competition at all. Okay, they could have probably won a division with eighty-two with eighty-two wins. That's how that's how poor the AL Central is. Okay, but Corey Kluber has had an amazing year. He's had an amazing year. So, but but I think that poetic justice for the Tampa Bay Rays for me would be to have Blake Snell win the, uh, in the the Cy Young this year. When you look in the National League, I tell you what drives me crazy as a Detroit Tigers fan is that you got two pitchers right now that's up for the Cy Young, okay, who both pitched at the same time for the Detroit Tigers. That's Matt Scherzer and that's Justin Verlander, okay. And I'm sorry, I got that wrong. Verlander, again, is a, uh, in the American League, so wrote that down. But the thing that drove me nuts was they were both up for uh, the Cy Young, okay? But I think that Blake Snell would get it. But, 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 but Max Scherzer, absolutely, in the uh, National League. In the National League, it looks like Max Scherzer is, again, got the most wins right now, 
of any pitcher in the National League. Another record-breaking season for strikeouts. It's going to be hard to beat him, okay? When you look at the MVP, when you look at the MVP, Mookie Betts, somebody from Boston, okay? You can pick four or five guys from Boston. Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez, and there's another ex-Tiger. I'm telling you right now, when you look at it from where I sit, it drives me crazy. But there's J.D. Martinez, uh, another uh, 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 amazing year. Mookie Betts, Mookie Betts is all everything, okay? And he and, and it's like he leads the majors in, in batting average, extra base hits, runs scored, you know, he ranks uh, second in on-base percentage. How can you talk to you turn that back? You can't turn that back, you know. When you look at the National League, now Javier Baez has had an amazing season. He's had an amazing season. But I'm going with Yelich. Yelich has had, he's hit for the cycle twice this year. He has been a complete difference maker for that team in Milwaukee. And to me, you don't have him, you're not going to make, you're not making the playoffs. So I'm looking at, um, I'm looking definitely at Christian Yelich as the MVP candidate coming out of, um, coming out of the National League. When I look at the um, rookie of the year, going back to American League, listen. When I look at, uh, when I look at Shoei Otani, how, how can you, how can you, I know, I know, I know Andrew Howard out of New York has had a good year, but Shoei Otani is an Iron Man, y'all. He's an Iron Man. He he pitched. Now he's going to be out uh, for next year as far as we have Tommy John, so we won't be pitching next year. But the, but but he was all everything. He was all everything for those Angels. And I even mentioned him that that he was with the Angels and Mike Social still has a job and that team's not going to make the playoffs. But I digress. Okay. But you got to look at Shohei Otani to me, you know, because he, he hit like crazy and he was an amazing pitcher too. Uh, when you look at the National League, you got to go to the Braves and that young Braves team, okay? And you got to look at Ronald Acuna Jr., Jr., okay? Just just an amazing, amazing year, okay? Um, I, again, there's just so many, but Acuna had a 289 batting average, 26 home runs, 25 doubles. Need I say more? Need I say more? I mean, that's what you want out of your rookie, rookie of the year, okay? So I'm telling you right now, that um, again, I, I just I look at the, this year. This year has been an amazing year. The, the playoffs is going to be something to to really admire. I'm not one to say that the A's is just going to be just fodder for the Yankees. I'm not saying that at all. But uh, in a one game series, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Uh, we've watched it. Happen time and time again. Depending on who the A's tried out there, uh, it's going to be hard uh, for for them to get over all that offense that the that the that the Yankees have got. And now they went and went and got McCutcheon, so they got a little bit more insurance. It would be a disappointment if the if the Yankees don't win that game. All right, but then when you then what you're going to have is you're going to have the Yankees go against Cleveland. All right, I believe. And you know, I just, I just, I, again, I just think Cleveland—they don't scare anybody outside of Corey Kluber. All right, what you concern yourself with is Houston and Boston. So you're going to either have once, once it's all is said and done, you're either going to have Houston and New York, Boston and Cleveland, or vice versa. Uh, it's not been spelled out yet, but I'm going to tell you right now, everybody wants—at least I do—I want to see. Uh, Houston and Boston 
in the in the American League uh, Championship Series. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, Houston is a team that's very very exciting when it comes to the, in the playoffs, and Boston owe them one. So I'd like to see that rematch um, in the National League. That's 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 a little tougher. I'm not really too keen on seeing uh, the the Dodgers just because it just seemed like they just kind of snuck it out there. The Rockies would be a fun team to see in the NLCS. They'd be a real fun team to see, especially games in Coors Field in October. That would be a blast, right? That ball would just be jumping up out of there. But uh, you cannot you cannot discount the Cubs. And another fun team is Milwaukee. You know, so uh, we're just going to have to stay tuned and see what happens. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's been a fun season. But the playoffs start, and everybody goes back to zero and zero. So that's our uh, Inside the Park segment for this evening. You stay tuned. We're going to have playoff editions coming up as we move on. But for tonight, that's the ball game. And as always, drive home safe. Eminem came off, you know, we, we do that 
on the sports media side of the game. And so we always like the youngins to come and bless the mic. We're not going to be like some old hip-hop heads just hating on the youngins. But, uh, you know, we're going to bring the youngins with us to the, to the top. So it's been good to do this with you, man. We're glad you're on board with us uh, as part of, uh, of the of the RZ fam, man. You know, it's just we just we just add another piece to it, and I'm sure the audience will enjoy hearing much more and more. Uh, much more of what you're going to be offering on the sport landscape. So, so thank you for being here, young man. As we close out, I'm gonna drop the mic. You know, when I drop the mic, though, I like I like to I like to have a little something un- underneath me. You know, you see my boy, you see my boy DJ Slick got something for me just underneath me, underneath me, underneath me, underneath me, a little bit, a little beat underneath me. Uh, we only got a few minutes here, but I, as I'm chopping the mic here, I want to think um, we've got a lot going on in this world. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we've always tried to do here on Real Sports Guys is, you know, pay attention to uh, issues that are happening around us and the impact on sports. Um, and, um, you know, um, you know, as, as someone who is a father and has a daughter, um, you know, Game Changers on here who uh, we work um, in space uh, in higher ed also with, uh, with our colleagues who, who are women and understand some of the power dynamics that exist. Uh, the issues around gender equity are the issues that we try to bring to the forefront. Um, but you know, we have to be disturbed by um, the commentary that's happened nationally and um, in the way in which um, uh, we are not paying attention to power and privilege. And, you know, as we are a platform for this kind of stuff with RSG, um, you know, we're going to put it out as best we can. We may not always nail it, uh, but it's something that we will recognize. And we hope that all But, boy, DJ Slick came in like, loud. <laughs> DJ, cut the mic. <laughs> he, he just came like, loud.
right, we out. Feeling good. You know, I was in the big house this weekend. Watched the almost watched the second coming of Appalachian State. But uh, you know, I'm glad to be back in the booth. You know, I'm glad to be back in the booth. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Michigan, Michigan looking like the Americon of uh, of football. Greg Scalzo, TJ Hogan here. We're now being joined by friend of show Devon Wilson of Real Sports Guys. You can follow them on Twitter at Real Sports Guys. What's up, Devon? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.